Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome to Unbothered. Josh here is another great show today. Jaguars, Jets, Thursday night football tonight, breaking down that. Then Rob Gronkowski tweets that he's bored. Is it real? Is he gearing up for another run? Is it just his FanDuel promotion? We will see. And then I'm going to be off for a couple weeks. No podcast. I've been doing them regularly. I'll be off. Next time I come back, the playoffs will have wrapped up. So I'm going to predict how I think the playoffs will finish in the next three weeks. I will make my New Year's Six Bowl predictions as well. So let's get right into it with tonight's Jags-Jets Thursday Night Football game. I think this is a tremendous matchup. You know, before the year, you looked at a matchup like this and you thought, really? This is what we're going to get? And there's some of them that we expected to be good, like this last night, or this past week's Monday night game between the Packers and the Rams. We thought this would be a huge game and ended up, uh, you know, not that good, kind of meaningless with how both teams are compared to what they thought they'd be, which is the act, uh, opposite of Jacksonville and the Jets. Jets are very still very much alive in the wild card race, and the Jags are very much alive to win their division. So this is, to me, a very interesting, good game here. To me, the other matchup is that since, since Mike White is out, Zach Wilson is the quarterback, And a couple weeks ago, we had the Chargers and the Dolphins. And I said this was a big game because it's kind of built up as the Tua versus the Herbert game. Tua taken fifth, one pick before Justin Herbert in that draft. But guess what? Fast forward a year, very similar circumstances between these two teams. Trevor Lawrence taken number one by the Jags. Number two, Zach Wilson taken by the Jets. I think you have that build up there. I think Zach Wilson is going to play a great game. I thought he played a solid game last week against the Lions, uh, put them into a position to win, just couldn't do it. But I think the Jaguars won this game. I think Trevor Lawrence is heating up at the right time. Uh, We say in football that you want to play your best football post-Thanksgiving. The Jags are playing their best football, and the Jets have looked shaky. The Jags have a tremendous offense. They're six. In total yards, they average around 368 yards per game. Uh, Again, six in the NFL. That's a great mark. They average around 24 points per game. And the Jets are just the middle of a packed offense. 20 points a game. 336 yards of offense. Again, not that strong. But then you flip defensively. Defensively, the Jets are very good. They're third in yards per game allowed. 305. They only allow 18 points a game. Again, third right there. So a very, very solid defense. And then again, on the flip side, the Jags aren't very good at defending. Uh, They allow 370 yards per game. So just as much as they get, they allow. Also, 24 points. Again, as many points as they score, they allow. So again, the Jags offense is not going to get much help from their defense. However, in a game like this, build up between two quarterbacks, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to get this one done. I do. I trust Trevor Lawrence more than I trust uh, Zach Wilson. And I like the weapons Trevor Lawrence has. We saw last week uh, Marvin Jones getting after it. Zay Jones as well. Just a terrific performance, three touchdown-wise. 
So this offense, as well as ETN, Doug Peterson has done an amazing job in his first year as a head coach here. Uh, really, the team had a lot of promise, we thought, under Urban Meyer last year. And Urban Meyer, again, words can't describe how terrible of a coach he is, uh, NFL-wise, and I think human-wise as well. Uh, but that is a podcast I touched on a few months ago. I won't touch on that again. But the Jags have really found themselves. They've found something that works. They have a formula that works. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is heating up. He looks like a top 10 quarterback in this league already. Uh, looks like that number one pick in the draft a couple years ago was the right option by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think if the defense can make some minimal improvements, uh, they can beat the Jets because the Jets, again, they aren't world beaters on offenses as in the team that instills fear into your hearts on that offensive side of the football. Again, they're sound defensively, but if I have to trust, you know, two young quarterbacks this game, I'm trusting Trevor Lawrence to make the big plays. Uh, they're slight underdogs. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs. I'm rolling with the Jags to to come out as underdog favorites, win this game against the New York Jets. Next, Rod Gronkowski tweets that he is bored. Tweeted at that last night and this morning. Has a nice promotional piece that he signed with FanDuel. So, partner with FanDuel now. Uh, again, that makes it a little hard to play football when you're betting on sports games or at least advocating for that. But could that tweet also be referenced to another Bucks run? And to me, this is the interesting thing about Rob Gronkowski. I don't know if he runs his own social media, if somebody else runs it for him, if he left this intentional or not. But in both his Twitter bio, his Instagram bio, it says Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end. Now, usually when you retire, you know, you don't have that still in your biography. You don't have, uh, you know, Drew Brees on there, New Orleans Saints quarterbacker, Troy Aikman, Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You don't have that on there. You know, obviously three-time Super Bowl champion and all that junk. But I do think Rob Gronkowski is gearing up. For a Bucks run, and I think the Bucks, if they have him, it vastly changes his offense. What he brings, just in the red zone, where to me we've seen two big problems, or to me there's a lot of problems with this offense, but the two biggest ones has been red zone touchdowns. You have Gronk in there, the, the way Tom Brady and him work, that's just automatic, and then it, the run blocking. He's a tremendous blocker on run plays. So to have him, especially when Tristan Wirfs come back, Tristan Wirfs can man the right side, the left side being a little weaker. You can have Gronk there, not only for run blocking, but to pass protect as well. Uh, so, again, Gronk does a lot of good things on the offensive side of a ball. If he is truly bored, I think he should gear up for another Bucks run. Again, it's not too late. Uh, I do think that he's healthy. I think that he could make an impact on this team. And I also think, why the heck not? Why not go for it? Uh, 
and just uh, see what happens the rest of the year. It's only three regular season games. Uh, the most you can play this season is uh, seven games if you were to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. So, Gronk, why not? Why not come back to Tom in this team? Then a couple of injuries. Ryan Tannehill out for this season. How much does that hurt for Titans' chances? I think this is this is a big loss for the Tennessee Titans. Now I know Tannehill not the greatest quarterback to me. He's just you know average. You can win games with him. You'll lose games because of him. He's just an average NFL quarterback. But I think it's a big deal. Because I'm not overly impressed by what I've seen with Malik Willis, and I still don't think Rabel trusts him. So this is a big deal because I think if Ryan Tannehill was healthy, I think the Titans would hang on to the division. Now with Ryan Tannehill likely out for the season, this is a huge impact for the Titans, is now I do not think they win the division. Now here's the thing. If a Titans lose one of the next two games, uh and so do the Jags, if they don't lose both their games. That final game between the Titans and Jags in Jacksonville will be for the division. If they win both their games, it'll still be for the division. So it is a big, big loss because I don't think they win the division now. If Sunday night, or I shouldn't say Sunday night, I think that game should be flexed into Sunday night if it really is going to be for the division. But if Ryan Tannehill... Uh, excuse me, if Malik Willis looks the way he sort of looked, which is kind of uncomfortable in the pocket, Mike Rabel not trusting him in certain play calls, this is the end for the Titans. I don't think they win the division. I think this is a big deal for them. Uh, again, sad to see it happen to them, but now the questions start to run is, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not that good. Do we move on from him? Is Malik Willis really our guy? Do we bring someone else in? I think these next few weeks, even though they're a small sample size, I think that is, you know, these next three weeks are huge for Malik Willis, his growth, what he can prove to the Titans, what the Titans see to him. I think it's it's big stuff right there. Other news. Eagles rule out Jalen Hurts, so Gardner Minshew officially going to start for the Dallas Cowboys. Big news as well. I think the Eagles' best shot was to have Jalen Hurts in this game. I think the Cowboys won this game now. Uh, it's a big loss, but however, I do think it's smart that the Eagles held them out. Don't know, you know, with that injury, the AC joint, if it's sprained, you obviously don't want him throwing a football. You don't want him further injuring that throwing shoulder. So it's a big loss. Hopefully, he'll, he'll be back in a week or two. Clinch for one seed, get some more rest, and he'll be back 90 to 100% for the playoffs to make a run because they'll need Jalen Hurts if as full health as he can be. Then another injury. Lamar Jackson was officially ruled out this Sunday against the Falcons. Tyler Huntley is going to make another start. Uh, third straight game now. They said, you know, one to three weeks it would be. Uh, this knee injury by Lamar Jackson, uh, and they've been rather vague. You know, it's you know day to day, week to week, and I just don't know uh, the severity of the knee injury. I don't know if 
Lamar wants to be there in Baltimore anymore with, you know, the contract negotiations still hanging over. He took the bet on himself, and we talked about Aaron Judge and how well that bet worked on worked for Aaron Judge. This bet didn't work that well for Lamar Jackson because, you know, this year it's the most heavily scrutinized year of Lamar Jackson's career because of the contract looming around Lamar Jackson. So what do we see? We see that he's good. His numbers are good. I think he improved a little bit as a pocket passer. Uh, But what do we see? Injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Since his MVP year a few years ago, both seasons have ended in injuries. This year, looking that way, looks like it's going to end with injuries, and who knows if he'll be back, if he'll play. He wants to risk getting re-injured. Last year, he missed the final six games of the year with injury, the final five or six games. The year before, he was knocked out of the playoff game due to injury. So, again, injuries are a major concern for, I think, for Ravens, for Lamar Jackson, who knows if he'll play this week. All that is big, 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 big stuff right there. Uh, So that's what I have. A lot of injuries uh, this time of year. You want your players to be healthy. You want them to play in playoff matches, uh, but we'll see. Now, moving on. I'm going to go through who I expect to be in the playoffs in the AFC and NFC. So my next podcast won't be till Monday, January 9th. So that means I won't be able to talk about football next week after week 16. After week 17, I will be able to after week 18, though, and the playoffs will be set. So I thought this would be a sort of fun exercise since anything can happen in the NFL. You know, there's a few teams that have clinched playoff bursts already that are kind of sure lots. But still three weeks to go, quite a few teams in the hunt that who knows what will happen uh, between now and then. So I'm going to go with the AFC first. This is my prediction for the AFC. And I'm going to start with the number one seed, the Cincinnati Bengals. You might think, wow, really? The Cincinnati Bengals? I think the Cincinnati Bengals went out. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a great team. I think they win this week in what, you know, lies as a tough game in Foxborough. But then they have two home games after that. Now, two good teams, Buffalo, but the Bengals have beat every playoff team they face this year. They've beat the Titans. They've beat the Bucks. They've beat the Chiefs. They've beat the Dolphins. They've, you know, won all their AFC playoff matchups. Essentially, the only playoff team they didn't win was early in the year against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys uh, week two, but that's not an AFC team. So I do think the Bengals are a great team, and I think they win out and get the one seed. Now you might be thinking, Josh, if they were to win out, they can't get the one seed. Some other things were to happen. You're absolutely right. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills own the one seed right now, but like I said, Bills play the Bengals next Monday night. So that's a huge game as well for a playoff implication. Bills win, they lock up a one seed. They lose, that opens the door for both the Bengals and the Chiefs. So they lose that game automatically. Bengals get slotted in there. Bengals have a one, Buffalo has a two. 
who ends up with a three. Well, that'd be the Kansas City Chiefs. I do see the Chiefs losing one of their next three games. I really don't know to who, but I do see them losing one of their next three. I don't think it'll be to the Broncos in a week. I think it'll either be this week into the Seahawks or at Las Vegas. And I say that because as of late, the Chiefs haven't been particularly strong. That Mahomes has, you know, had a turnover-prone game. The defense, again, is not great. So their past three weeks, one loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, nail-biter six-point win over the Broncos, and then took to overtime to beat the lowly Texans. So you want to be playing your best football as of right now after Thanksgiving. And since that Rams-Chiefs game Thanksgiving weekend, they haven't played good. Even the game before that against the Chargers was close. So the Chiefs haven't been as dominant as they were to begin the year, where it was hammer the Cardinals, uh, hammer the Buccaneers, uh, hammer the 49ers. It's been really close. They've had a lot of close games. Uh, I do believe they'll lose one of their next three. And again, that bumps them down between both the Bengals and the Bills because the Chiefs have lost to both those teams already. They've lost to good AFC opponents, so they'll have the three seed. Who do I think they'll have before? That'll be the AFC South winner. And I think it'll be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe that game last week of the season will be for the division. I believe Jacksonville wins. It is in Jacksonville. And with no Ryan Tannehill, and with the Jaguars seemingly surging, I like the Jags to win the division. Call me crazy, I know, but I believe they can win this division. You know, to me, it's much like the NFC South. We talk about the NFC South is some trash division, and it's not good. But the AFC South, to me, in terms of wins and losses, is just as bad. But winner of this division, to me, is either going to be nine and eight or eight and nine. That's what the Jaguars will be when they wind up winning this division. Number five, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, I believe they move all the way to number five uh, because of tie breaks over the Dolphins and Ravens. Uh, the Chargers will get the five spot. And to me, the five spot is the most desirable spot because let's say my top three, you know, you know, our, the top three is going to be correct. Who wants to play some form of the Bengals-Bills-Chiefs first? You don't. If you're one of those teams, you really don't want that. So I think Chargers get a great draw here in the first round. Now, it's also interesting because if you recall earlier in the season, the Jaguars absolutely demolished the Chargers in uh, SoFi. It was like 30-11 to 11 or something like that. The Jaguars absolutely stomped them week three. Now, this will be playoff, different atmosphere. We haven't seen Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. We haven't seen Justin Herbert in the playoffs. This, that will, to me, will be a great matchup there, but I think the Chargers make it at five. At six, the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will be the sixth spot. Uh, they might lose one more, but I don't think they'll lose any more this season. They have a favorable schedule to end out. So Miami Dolphins, I think, make the playoffs, get into the dance as a sixteen, and set up another great matchup between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Now, why is this great? Well, ding, ding. Tyreek Hill was the wide receiver for the Chiefs last year. Now he is on the Dolphins. He said if there's one team he wants to play in this playoff run, it is the Chiefs, as he would drop 
a 200 or 300 yard spot, that game would be electric. And to me, it's not like the Chiefs would blow them out. I really don't think so. Why? Because the Chiefs don't have that big playability. We haven't seen it all year. And the Dolphins hang it with the best. The Dolphins played just as well as the Bills did, but lost on a last-second field goal. The Dolphins have beat some teams this year. They beat the Bills, and they've hung in against other teams as well. Uh, the Dolphins, I have respect for a great team. And then the seven spots of Baltimore Ravens. Uh, again, they'll play the Bills. I think they'll get blown out in that game. Uh, I don't think the Ravens are that strong, but they'll get in. So with this, let's say I think I have the Chargers – in Dolphins, with a game better than the Ravens, I think the Bengals-Ravens game at the end of the year uh, really won't mean much. I think the Bengals will have that wrapped up by that game, so that game will really be for nothing. If Bengals want to rest your starters, they can do that, but I think the Bengals will win just for the one-seed implication. Ravens, even if they have the same record, even if they were to, uh, let's say, lose just one game, have six losses with the Dolphins-Chargers, Ravens, uh, would lose all tiebreakers, of course, with the Dolphins. Dolphins beat them. Conference record goes to the Chargers, Dolphins, over the Ravens. So the Ravens are kind of in the spot where if they have the same record as anyone else, they're going to lose the tiebreaker there. Miami Chargers, Chargers beat Miami. Chargers get the spot ahead there. Uh, so that's how I think the AFC is going to work out. I think number one will be the Bengals, two Bills. Three Chiefs, four Jags, five Chargers, six Dolphins, seven Ravens. And I think there's going to be some great matchups. Regardless of how the one, two, three plays out, let's say the Bills get the one, and it's, you know, uh, the Chiefs there at the two, uh, playing the Ravens, and then the Bills, uh, I mean, the Bengals, Dolphins rematch from earlier in the year this year with Tua playing the whole time. I think just every AFC playoff game is going to be huge starting with Wild Card Weekend. Last year, Wild Card Weekend was really a dud. It was built up as Super Wild Card Weekend, but there was a lot of blowouts, not a lot of good football games. I believe that changes in the AFC this time around. Hold my beer, though, because the NFC is going to happen. And NFC is not as deep, nor do I think as good as the AFC. So what is my playoff expected NFC? Well, one, I think the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles would have to lose out, and you know, the Niners, Vikings would both have to win out for the Eagles not to have the one seed. Don't see that happening. Do I see the Eagles losing out of the Cowboys this weekend? Yeah, so that kind of wraps up the Cowboys at the fifth seed, and the Eagles, of course, just need to win one more game. I believe they can do that this year. I believe the Eagles uh, will get the one seed. Two, I think the San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers went out very favorable schedule to finish out. They finish with the Commanders this weekend, then the Raiders, then the Cardinals. So I think the 49ers will move all the way up. They win a game. They win all their games. They move up to the two spot. However, Vikings are for two. I think they slip up one of the next three games. I do. I don't think they're that strong. I think they lose one of their next two games either this week to the Giants or to the uh, Packers, if the Packers are really playing for something. I believe the Vikings slip to the three, which is huge, uh, because they would then have to play San Fran if they win their first playoff game, or if they win their first playoff game, have to play in San Fran. So that's big there. I think they get the three seed. 
Four is obviously going to be the winner of the NFC South. It's already locked that way. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I do think Tampa Bay is going to win now, be 9-8. and eight. I don't think Tom Brady's going to finish with a losing record. They have, you know, three easy games to kind of get back on the schneid, if you will. And I think they do. I think Tampa Bay wins their next few games. Five, as I said earlier, I think it'll be the Dallas Cowboys. I think they beat the Eagles this weekend. Kind of secure that five spot. So now we're looking at a Tampa Bay-Dallas game. And if you remember, Tom Brady has never lost a game in his career to the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about Aaron Rodgers as a Dallas Cowboy killer. He's 7-2. Tom Brady's 10-0 against the boys. Uh, pretty good. History's on Tom Brady's side, just so you have it. Number six, I think, is the New York Giants. Uh, obviously, that big swing from just beating the Commanders. I think they went another game or two this year, carry some of that momentum into the playoffs with them. Uh, maybe they beat the Eagles in the final week if the Eagles really have nothing to play for. Let's say they lose this week. Beat the Saints, wrap up that number one spot again. They'll have nothing to play for the final week. They could rest their starters. Uh, so can the Giants as well. They'll have a playoff spot locked up, but I think the Giants will want the sixth seed, avoid a matchup with San Francisco. Now the seventh seed, the Detroit Lions. Now, I really want the Lions to move up to the sixth spot to play the Vikings to make it easier, the Vikings to retain the two. However, I am being objective. I do think the Lions will get into the playoffs. They're a great team. Jared Goff, his offense has figured it out. Dan Campbell, excellent coach. So to me, this is where we see blowouts. 49ers, Lions, as much as I'd like to say, hey, this will be a close six-point game, uh, this is too much for the Lions. I think the 49ers will win a game with them, even if it, let's say, it swapped Giants 49ers. Uh, I think the 49ers win that game as well. Now, here's where the next matchup gets interesting, no, uh, no matter what, I believe. And that's with the Vikings. So the Vikings-Giants play this Sunday. They could hypothetically see each other again three weeks from now. In the playoffs, it would be huge. Or, of course, you'd have the Lions in a playoff matchup there. Uh, and then, you know, they'd see the Vikings, so divisional matchup. And the playoffs, so that is big right there. I think either of those teams could beat the Vikings as well. And again, you have Tampa Bay and Dallas. And then, you know, I think Tampa Bay wins that game. I do. I don't think they lose in the wild card and truly flame out there. So, uh, to me, you're going to have one blowout. Whoever 49ers play in the first round, don't think it'll be close. Uh, could be wrong, though. I do think the Vikings, over they play, will be close as they've shown all their games are one score or they get blown out. So, great NFC, AFC matchup. That is my final prediction right there, how I think the next three weeks will play out. I think it'll be a great three weeks, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Now let's move on to the New Year's Six Bowl games. So last week, I made predictions for every bowl game except the New Year's Six Bowl, which is kind of, you know, the big bowl games or what they're built up to be. So I'm about to make those predictions right now. The Orange Bowl between two orange teams. Tennessee and Clemson. Who do I got? I got Clemson. Now, if Hendon Hooker was playing, of course, I'd pick Tennessee Volunteers. But I'm going to pick Clemson. I think they, uh, Dabo found his quarterback, obviously, and Cade uh, Klubnik. DJ is transferring. Uh, I think 
they had that impressive win over North Carolina, which is in a springboard then. And this, and then Tennessee with Joe Milton. Obviously, it's not the same offense. Jalen Hyatt declaring for the draft. He hasn't decided if he'll play or not in the Orange Bowl. I just think too much orange for Clemson. Uh, Clemson wins this game and serves as a nice, again, springboard into next year with his team and with his quarterback really being set at this point. Sugar Bowl. Alabama, Kansas State. Now, initially, I was going to pick Kansas State off a big win against TCU. They want to carry it to the Sugar Bowl. But then Bryce Young and Will Anderson said they were going to play. And usually, we don't have stars play in these games that are non-playoff games, as I'll go into, as you know, Tennessee is really not going to do so. Alabama's star players are going to risk it, which I think is great because it builds up the Sugar Bowl. And if Bryce Young and Will Anderson play, I really don't think Kansas State has a shot. It's kind of like, this is the SEC. The Big 12 is in no competition. We beat Texas earlier in the year. We've seen Oklahoma in the playoffs before. Another Big 12 team, guess what? The Big 12 is not on the same page as the SEC. With those two key guys playing, I think Alabama can easily beat Kansas State. TCU and Michigan. Now I am going to this game. I am traveling up to Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl. I am going to wear my Michigan gear proud, and the Wolverines are going to win. A lot of pundits have this game being close. Michigan winning by a touchdown or so. That's kind of what the odds makers have. But TCU is not a matchup for Michigan. It's no shot. Michigan is going to jump on them early, often, and then in the second half, it's like a it's like a python. It's they slowly suffocate you, and then they break you. The first half they suffocate you. Second half they break you. It's like oh, you know, we're close, we're within a touchdown or so, we can rally back, and the next thing you know, Michigan outscores you 24-3 to in the second half, 21 to zip in the second half. They force big turnovers when needed. J.J. makes a timely throw as Donovan Edwards is a baller. I like Michigan to win this game, and for it to not be close, singing hail to the victors all day. Then we get to the Peach Bowl, much better. Bowl game, I think, will be the Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State and Georgia. Now, a lot of people thought Ohio State-Georgia would be for the national championship. Ohio State matches up great with Georgia. Ohio State can beat Georgia. I don't think so. Georgia's going to win this game. Now, I thought Ohio State had a chance if Travion Henderson were to play and if Jackson Smith and Jigba was going to play. Jackson Smith and Jigba said, hey, this playoff game don't much matter. My hamstring's been hurt all year. I'm going to the draft. I need to preserve whatever stock I had left. Uh, last year, I would have been the number one wide receiver taken. Guess what? Terrible. I stay, and now I probably won't be. I'm just prepping for the draft. I think it's a smart move. Travion Henderson having foot surgery. So Ohio State's kind of banged up, and I know they're playing. They just got humiliated by Michigan. They want to play with pride and show that they're a competitive team. However, Georgia, I think, is going to have this one down pat. Now, there's a lot of preparation and execution because it's a four-week break. This is a long bye week. It's a bye month. And I think Georgia, Jalen Carter, I think Stetson Bennett's a good, a good quarterback uh, in terms of, you know, college quarterbacks. And I think Georgia wins this game with their running game. Michigan gave every team a formula to beat Ohio State. Not every team can execute it. you got to be good. Georgia's a good team. They'll execute. They'll beat Georgia. 
that they'll beat Ohio State. Then you have Tulane and USC. Cotton Bowl. Let's get to it. Tulane. I'm picking the Tulane Green Wave in the upset. Why? Because this is Tulane Super Bowl. USC lost to Utah. Who knows if Caleb Williams, his hamstring will be healthy by then. Jordan Addison is skipping this game. He is going to prep for the draft. Big loss there, wide receiver. And like I said, this is Tulane Super Bowl. This is the biggest game Tulane's ever played in in their career. A national stage game against USC in the Cotton Bowl. Tulane Green Wave. Who would have thought? But this is the beauty of college football now. That a group of five team that's not a powerhouse can play in the big bowl game like this. And they usually show up because it's we're going to pull off every play in the playbook, every trick that we have to try to beat you. I think Tulane does it. And we're less scratching our heads with USC. It's like, yeah, they had two losses to Utah and a, a loss to Tulane. And the Lincoln-Riley hype, I think, dies down. And, of course, it'll be brought up next year with Caleb Williams and the finger painting. Uh, but I think Tulane wins this game. And last but not least, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Penn State, Utah. I'm going Utah. Now, Penn State in Utah, to me, this is a great Rose Bowl matchup. Penn State, great year, 10-2, and two, both losses to great teams for in the playoff, Michigan, Ohio State. Utah, three losses, you know, a couple of them were, you know, inches, nail-biter, close games. The one to Oregon was a field goal. Uh, but went to Florida was, you know, last second there. UCLA was the only one where it wasn't, really wasn't close. But I like Utah. Dalton Kincaid is not playing in this game. Cam Rising is. I like the harp that he plays with. Last year, Utah was in this spot. Had a big lead on Ohio State. Ohio State came back, won this game. I think Utah is out for revenge. Even though it's not the same team they played against, they want to win this Rose Bowl game. I think there's going to be a lot of red here. I think Utah's going to travel well like it did last year. Utah, however, closes and finishes the deal this year, beats Penn State. And then last but not least, again, congratulations to Lionel Messi. A lot of great things happened for him this week. He won the World Cup, most like Instagram post, and has signed a one-year extension with PSG to keep him there another year. Uh, congratulations, Messi. Greatest soccer player of all time, and he just keeps on winning. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all next year. Hope you have a great weekend next couple of weeks. I'll see you on the other side. Bye, everybody.